Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome. You're listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts and I'm here with my co-host, Wynne Morgan. Hi. Hey, Wynne. And today we actually talked about what we were going to address in today's episode. We got an email from a listener who would love for us to chat about expectations. So first of all, thank you to our listener for writing us and giving us this wonderful topic. And I'm excited. This is the first chance that we get to to sit around and chat about what somebody else would like us to talk about. So I'm excited. But other than that, we have no idea what's going to show up, which is really fun. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. This is the first time we've directly responded to a request from a listener. I think we've had some some feedback in the past, which has gone into the mix of what we've talked about, mm-hmm. as opposed to here's one about expectations. Um, and in the email that we received, it was expectations of ourselves and also of other people. Mm-hmm. And it was also in listening back to the episode that we did with Linda Pransky that was out quite recently, um, a few episodes ago. It was mentioned there, but I think it's worthwhile you and I exploring it and uh, more directly into that one topic, because I've noticed that for myself being a very um, useful thing to explore. Mm. So when... What expectations have you seen that you have of yourself? Well, how long do we have, first of all? Because that's a, as you would say in your part of the world, there would be a laundry list. And in my part of the world, there would be a very long shopping list. All the expectations I had of myself and, and of other people. Although I would say that for me personally, it was the expectations of myself that were a longer list and were more burdensome that I didn't know was a burden. I I didn't know that my expectation of being, when I was, albeit a long time ago now, back in school, good academically, was then became, it felt like pressure now and again. And when that pressure did become a burden, and sometimes it did and sometimes it didn't, but it wasn't always a good thing, but I always thought expectations of myself were a good thing because I thought that was the same as having high standards. And I don't think they're the same thing now. I thought having expectations of myself was the key to me doing well in life. I really did think that I expect to get this grade, therefore I will study hard and I'll work at this subject at school in order to achieve stuff. And I don't think that went away then in my career and in other parts of my life away from work. 
until fairly recently, actually, within the last kind of three to four years, that I'd seen that differently. I'd seen that they weren't necessarily a good thing, which I would probably say a little stronger later on when we get when we get deeper into the conversation. But I'll start off by saying I I noticed that they weren't a good thing about three or four years ago. What about you? I think that in the last few years, I've noticed my expectations of myself. There are some expectations that are that show up that I've really noticed that are obvious. And some that I still have yet to see, but I feel it viscerally, like you said, as pressure um, or tension. And so I may not always know what that expectation may be. But I know that I've got some kind of story of expectation going on. One thing that for me has been really key is noticing how many shoulds show up day to day. And they're constantly changing, so I'll never get it right. They're either moving higher up so I have somewhere else to reach or even sideways. So I'll never really, if I was going based on all that, it wouldn't either never be enough or it would never be okay, or just can't get it right. So my expectations seem to seem to shift and change in a way that always keeps me feeling like whatever's happening in that moment isn't enough somehow I think that's what's shown up so much for me especially lately so that's probably why it's coming up now a lot of what I've seen and expectation for myself so I heard two signals that you notice then uh, are signals of expectations one is the feeling whether it's pressure or whether it's, I can't remember the other word that you said, but in my mind, the burden of it, but without Mm -hmm. knowing what the actual expectation is. And the second part of it beyond the feeling was how many shoulds that you have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think the second part of what you said about the shoulds is just so cool to notice is that we make up the shoulds and then we change them without knowing we changed them to become potentially more unattainable under the guise that when they're more stretching, they will mean that we'll be a better human. That's what I've noticed for me as to why I think I sometimes have my raising the bar shouldness going on. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to notice, Kate, what you said about the whole, I might not know what the expectation is but I recognize the feeling I think too that I love that you pointed out that we also decide which expectations are good like expectations feel like stress or pressure over here because those are the ones we've decided aren't aren't the right expectations and then they're like oh no this makes me more productive over here and so this one's okay 
but there was something that I heard in, in, in our episode with Fee that, and I've heard it before and, I, and I've even spoken about it with other people, is that when we let go of all of that, there's such a relief. And so while we sense our expectations through pressure or stress or urgency, even a sense of urgency to do something or fix something. But when we let go of those expectations, we sense it physically as well. And I think it feels like relief to let go of that allow it to let go of us even not long ago i had very little respect for that feeling of relief i thought that meant that i wouldn't try and i wouldn't succeed and i wouldn't get good at anything and as you were saying what you said i remember a conversation with a businessman from south america a very high achieving guy. And he was the epitome of having a lot of high expectations on himself. And there was a lot of family history, which might explain why he thought that was a good idea in life. Because it was how he'd been brought up that expectations on self was a, a good thing. And he had achieved a lot, yet he was so stressed, blood pressure really high for someone who was in his mid-30s, I think, early to mid-30s. Other low-grade health issues that are the early signs of trouble to come. And unhappy. Here's where, after the first session, we ended up having untangled a lot of that stuff. He said, well, if I'm relaxed in my mind, I get that maybe I do some better thinking there. But I don't know if I'll, I'll achieve anything. I don't know if I'll be able to focus on anything if my mind's relaxed. Because he said, and I remember the email after the first session with him, he said, okay, I get the pressure's not doing me any good. And therefore my expectations are the things that's bringing me pressure. But how else can I remain focused if it's not for the pressure of expectations? And the face that you just pulled, I'm pretty sure I did that. And I stayed there for a couple of hours because that stumped me for a bit. I went, well, I wonder, that's a really good question. And then I kind of noticed that Focus and pressure are two separate things. And I, I went back to what I personally think, personally understand and see about me as a human and others as, as well in the way that they all operate is that focus is my default. But to the extent I allow my distracting thoughts, which will come in and come out, the extent to which I entertain my distracting thoughts are up for grabs. 
or another way of saying it would be maybe more clearly to say it this way. Focus, focus is what exists until I allow myself to be distracted. As opposed to focus is something I need to will myself into. And I've really noticed that, that I can be really focused for a long time without willpower and effort. And frankly, do a far more, do a better job of whatever the task at hand actually is in that time. Enjoy it an awful lot more. Have fresher ideas. There's more of me to the table that shows up when I'm in my natural state of focus and that kind of inquisitive, inspired mind as opposed to a, a mind laden with pressure. Now, I'm not saying people can't do amazing things under pressure. People do. And there's a price to pay. I've noticed it for myself. This person noticed it for themselves. And I've noticed it in quite a few other people I've talked about it as well. So I, I find that quite an interesting angle about you know the deep set reason why in my mind and in this person's mind, we had the idea that expectations were a good idea. I'm glad I've seen something else. You know, expectations like so many things that we create in our minds are these very seemingly real filters through which we see the world and other people. And so if we look at things like focus through this filter of expectation, that's what it's going to look like. In order to have this, I need this. And we don't even realize that these expectations that we have created in some way, for whatever reason, we're making life choices because that looks really real to us. So recently, one thing that I've seen about expectation is my expectation of certain people. And I realized how, how long I had been seeing these people through this filter of expectation. And I realized that if I put down that expectation of who I needed them to be for me to be okay somehow, the more I could accept and love them however they show up. I realized that my expectation of them, how I needed them to show up, was keeping me from deeply accepting them not just accepting them, but actually enjoying them. So whether it's good or bad, my expectations of other people, when I can put that down, then I really see them and accept them for, for who they are and who they are right now in this moment. And that's always a deeper experience for me a deeper connection. And sometimes it's as simple as, as seeing how I'm, I need them to show up. Like I need you to show up this way or I don't want you to show up this way. And when I can put that down and actually be with the person in front of me, I have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen. 
I only thought that I did. So I'm seeing, seeing a lot of new stuff around my expectations of other people. And it's so much easier, so much more simple, I think, than I make it most of the time. Now, one way I could hear what you just said in that would be if I drop my expectations of other people, I would just love them. And that's where I went in my head in listening to you. What would you say to that? I would say that's exactly how it is. I think I would also enjoy them. Even if they're showing up in a way that may not like be my preference, that's still just my, my expectation, right? Showing up again. But no matter how they show up, it would just be simple. And I would enjoy them, love them, have compassion too. Yeah, an example that came to mind now about a relationship in my recent history, or the examples in my recent history. I quite like quirkiness. I find it attractive in people. And spending time with someone I was very close to, and I would love her quirkiness. And then in the next minute, I wouldn't. All of a sudden, the quirkiness was a problem. And she was being the same. She was being consistent. But my expectation even of something that I, a quality that I would like, would change without me even knowing it. Because in my mind, no, you need to be able to turn on and off your quirkiness at my behest. <laughs> read my mind when it's okay for you to be quirky and when it's good for you to be quiet and or listen and or be more uh, sensible as opposed to fun-filled. I find that just one example of where I get easily taken offline from enjoying them and loving them because of something that I've unwittingly made up about how people Someone needs to behave, as you said, in order for me to be okay. Because that's, again, you, it, always good to come back to realizing that when we've got an expectation of anything in life, yet alone other people, it's everything in life, that's in order for us to feel a certain way. There's a flaw in that in many levels. And then the fundamental level is that, well, the question becomes, to what extent does my okayness depend on the external world or depend upon other people's behavior? Or is my okayness a given that sometimes because of our varying emotions, does my okayness sometimes get hidden? Another way of saying it would be, am I still okay even when I'm upset? a an interesting question to ponder in my mind because mm -hmm. I would say I would have said not long ago no I'm upset I'm upset of course I'm not okay but I think I see something else now fundamentally that seems really true to me that my stillness my under the noise is 
absolutely untouchable, regardless of noise or the, the sensation and the emotion that I'm feeling in the moment. And then reeling all that back into my okayness would therefore not depend upon anybody else behaving in any way. Now, it doesn't mean that I will put up with any behavior. It doesn't mean that everything that anyone would do, I would say, would be acceptable to me to have as a life partner, as an example, or in a romantic relationship, or in a business partner, or even as a friend. But at the same time, that has nothing to do with my okayness, my well-being. So as an example, if, uh, and this isn't how that relationship turned out with the person I was talking about earlier on, if I was constantly annoyed by the other person's quirkiness and that was the only behavior either at some point, um, you know, that might've been something to, to talk about and it might not have been acceptable to me that that's the only behavioral trait I would ever see. I might not want to choose them to be in a relationship with, but still that doesn't mean I can't enjoy them for who they are or love them however they are. I mean, they say, they've said for a long time, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Maybe love and enjoyment are too. And I'm saying maybe, but I'm hinting at something that's stronger than the maybe. I've been rambling, Kate. I'd love to know what you think of what I've said, if anything. <laughs> I think expectations are the things that we pick up along the way. That sometimes I think we don't really see that we've done it. And I think that most of us walk around with, with these expectations, these stories of how things should be. And sometimes it's just noticing that we've got a lot on something more than what's showing up in the present moment in reality, like what's in front of us in the moment. And I don't think we need to figure out the why and when did we pick it up and, and really kind of go down that rabbit hole. I don't think that's necessary in order just to see that, oh, I'm expecting my partner to show up in this way because typically that's how they show up in this situation. Not because, oh, that happens every time and we go back into that rabbit hole of why we have the expectations or how we've picked them up. I think it's just noticing that, oh, I feel some kind of tension in my chest because I've got some expectation that that's what's about to happen or that's how they're going to show up or I need to come up with a response or I think it's just noticing the stories that we're carrying around about it. And I think expectations are just part of the, the things that we pick up along the way. There's so much in what you've said, Kate. So in my mind, it's very easy. If I've got a tightness in my chest that I'm thinking of somebody else and the way that they're behaving either right now or what I think, how they'll, how I think they'll show up in the next moment of the two, it looks like they're the cause. 
they're the cause of my tightness. As opposed to what I think you said beautifully and very clearly is that tightness is the story, my story that I have innocently made up. My expectations, my feelings, my thinking, my clouds in the way of their son. And again, I love the second part of what you said as well. We're in there was so vital. We can go into the analytical mode of how did I have that expectation when, wise, and all that kind of stuff. And we're doubling down on the feeling as opposed to see it. And then, oh, it means I've got a story. What do I do with the story? Well, if the story is a work of beautiful fiction, seeing it as fiction means we're free of it don't have to change something that doesn't exist nor battle with something that doesn't exist nor try really hard to push away something that is intrinsically transient intrinsically moving along of its own accord because tightness relaxes without us willing relaxing into it it's a really cool thing that you shared there the quick story, and I don't know how quick it'll be, but this is when it became really clear for me about expectations. And it was a, a spring day, I know that much, in the, the Pacific Northwest of the US. And I was there with my mentor and um, a then client of mine came up from Nevada for four days to work with me and my mentor for a four day deep dive into their um, well-being in their own life and seeing where we would go from there. And I think this might've been on the second day. So my mentor would work with them in the morning and I'd watch and my, and I would work with them in the afternoon. My mentor would watch and we would double team. And, and my then client who would become really good friends since had a lot of thinking about them as an employee, them as a parent, them as a, a partner to their romantic partner. They had a lot of thinking about that. Uh, and as a, as a child to, I think their mother, they would talk about quite, quite a lot. And my mentor was saying, well, it sounds like you've got a lot of expectations about you in each of these areas of your life, what's it like? My first reaction was, well, geez, I've been working with this person for about nine months. How come I didn't ask that or spot that, right? But as soon as I got over that, <laughs> they just, the client just, she just relaxed and went, oh yeah, I really do. And it went a bit quiet. And my mentor looked at me and said, you know, the thing is with expectations. Sometimes we set ourselves a really high bar thinking it's a good idea. And I don't think lowering the bars enough. I'm suggesting put the bar on the ground. And he was looking at me saying this while talking to my client as well. And I was wondering how much of this was about my client and how much of this was about me. So about an hour later during the break, 
when we went for a, for a walk and the client was chilling out. I said, well, was that for me? And my mentor said, well, when, yeah, because you have the same thing going on about your work. And I don't know about the rest of your life, but I would imagine that it would be there too. And you're right. But I hadn't realized to the extent that they were an issue or even that they existed in so many ways. And I don't think it had ever been suggested to me as a good idea that putting the bar of expectations on the ground was a good idea. Over the next few days, that kind of mulled around in the back of my mind. And it was really clear to me that I then saw, that's really important for me. To not just lower the expectations, but remove them, put the bar on the ground. Expectations of me, expectations of others. And this is what I noticed. I had far more of a free mind. My mind was free. A lot. There was, there was no burden. No burden of me on me. No burden of others on me. Even if it, that was for a minute and a half. That felt like the relief that you talked about earlier on. And I noticed that in that moment of me being free of mind. How much more opportunity, possibility, possibility clarity, focus existed. And I was thinking that expectations was a way of actually achieving those things. Mm. And as soon as I saw that for myself, I went, okay, job done. I'm on a learning curve now to see more and more about going with the feeling of having a free mind as opposed to the feeling of having the burden and the pressure of expectations, the tightness of chest that you mentioned of other people and of me. Not perfect, absolutely no perfection here, but on a learning curve. There's so much guidance and information in that feeling of relief. You know, you only had to feel that feeling for about a minute and a half for that to become interesting to you, more curious about what's possible because I think it speaks to a simplicity and a truth that we all seem to understand even if we have no clue up here intellectually but there's something about relief that speaks to a truth that we know that every human being understands it feels like, yeah, I don't think this is supposed to be this hard. This seems and feels a lot more like truth, the way that it is. Mm. And I think most people understand that without really being able to put thought or words to it. Yeah. You know, so whether or not it's the listener who emailed about expectation or anybody else listening to this podcast, that when we let go just for a second of expectation, 
of ourselves, of other people. Just put down for just a second a lifetime of judgment, of right and wrong. Should. That feeling of relief will tell you everything you need to know. So you and I, Kate, came into this conversation not knowing where it would go, or another way of saying it would be, we had no expectations mm-hmm. of having the conversation about expectations mm-hmm. other than literally showing up mm-hmm. and seeing what occurs. And you said about the feeling of the relief has so much in it, so much in it. So if anyone of you is listening to this now and just noticing that you're noticing the feeling of relief and the feeling of having a free mind. The rest of everything will figure itself out. Your ideas, your how-tos will come to mind. You don't have to do as much as you might think in order for those insights and those fresh thoughts to come to you and, and continually guide you. And, and the reason that I, I can say that with a degree of certainty is that I've noticed that for me way too many times and for other people way too many times for me to doubt that's a part of how we are designed, how the mind actually works. Even more relief. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, man. A lovely conversation and, and thanks to our avid listener who messages us quite frequently with feedback on how much they're enjoying the podcast. And thanks very much for the email asking us to talk about something and an invitation to any one of you to get in touch with Kate or myself directly for us to actually talk about anything that would be meaningful and powerful for you. You've been listening to Under the Noise with Kate Roberts and me, Wynne Morgan. And we'll speak to you again real soon. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and Kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.